off. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's almost a cool coincidence then. Yeah. It's not a cool, he's not a cool dude. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, how do you know he's not listening right now? Man, I mean, I hope not because, like, he's, oh, hey, my old high school classmates oh, yeah, talking about me. But no, he's shitting all over me. It's like, oh, oh, let me see him on Facebook and, and Twitter. Oh, he's on this podcast. I'm going to make sure I tune in. Sets reminder. <laughs> who does that? Sets reminder. Yeah, and then he just tunes in, and David's yeah. like, hey, you know who really sucks? This guy <laughs> this I went to dude, high school with, David. Right off the too we haven't even gotten to intros or anything and you're already just yeah. like talking shit on this dude i know uh, it's the pre-show we're talking about we're gonna do in a show uh, i got a great segment one i watched some dope tv and a cool trailer oh there's a few cool trailers but we're gonna talk about one in particular i'm sure and then i must have been hammered when i was writing these notes it literally says worker exploitation and bootlickers uh we're gonna talk about <laughs> you the must disney- be talking about the marvel disney You're thing talking about the marvel disney <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that out of the main <laughs> conversation. Man, I've got a lot of notes on this. Oh, man. And then uh, we'll talk about Jonathan Hickman. It's his last week as head of X. He's done as of you know last week. We still have Inferno coming, but we'll just, I don't know, appreciate. Maybe get pissed off that it's over. Uh, and then what if? I would appreciate it more if he had gotten through the end of all this Krakoa stuff. But hey. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I can still appreciate Krakoa itself, the creation it a of bit, it. A little bit bitter, you know, a little bit like man. I am, I, I am a little bitter. I'm way bitter. Did you read, read X Corp this week? Fuck that, that book is shit. I admit it. It was terrible. It's done. <laughs> it is it, done. Issues. It was, was a total waste of time. I'm, I thought Revelation was kind of mediocre too. too. I oh, it was totally mediocre. Oh, it was kind of mediocre. Too. Right, we'll talk about those later. Uh, we got a what if? We got food news. Two moments of destruction. Is Transformers getting good? Uh, I we'll mean, something happened. I don't know if that means possible. it's good. I, it, I thought it was good. But yeah, that, anything else anyone wants to add to? It depends on what the shows the are you watched. Well, you can bring up your shows in segment one. Oh, I okay. didn't get through all of it, but did anybody watch the Star Wars Visions shorts? I did. I did not. I, I watched did. the first two, and I enjoyed what I saw. So yeah, I'm looking I, forward to sitting down for the rest of I actually of watched the rest. I actually what, watched is that, them that's in its entirety. Plus? Yes. That's on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Yes. Very good stuff. I had so much shit to watch. I didn't get to it. All right. Well, that's it. That's a show, guys, isn't it? It was kind so. of a mediocre week for just about every damn thing. I was kind of upset about the whole week. Sorry. Really pulling Thanks. in the audience here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll make it interesting. I promise. I, there's no guarantee. No, you are really going to pull your in this no, week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do this show. Let's do it. I think we're all warmed up. Gomer's gonna <laughs> apologize. We're all warmed up. Now. You don't think anybody'll watch that garbage? Some people will watch anything, Scarlet. Yeah. And honestly, that's what we depend on here. <laughs> yeah. That is a lifeblood right there. I mean, what the hell are you watching? The Tonys? The Tonys tonight? Kid me? Stupid. A word from. That's another episode of This Geek in Comics. What? Did you just go all British on us all of a sudden? Uh, it was a little British. A little, okay. a little bit in there. Ted Lasso's at the top of my segment one. It's always uh, on the top of your segment It's always one. on, yeah. Outright Geek. It's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show! Yeah, Dave, you are at like, like a nine. I need you at like a six. Oh, a nine. Man. I know. He's usually at a nine all the time. Uh, it's Gomer, Adam Normal Taylor, a.k.a. David. How's it going, gents? That's going it's good. It's getting dipped around by the mortgage company, but hey. Oh, this guy. Enough of your boring life. Uh, Ted Lasso <laughs> was amazing. Okay. The morning show has started its second season, and it's like the perfect chaos drama. But Apple TV, easily the best bang for your buck at $5 a month, started Foundation this weekend. Uh, based on the Isaac Asimov novel series, it's fucking dope, man. Uh, like it's exploring humanity through this lens of a far-flung future civilization. This where empire. most of Isaac Asimov stuff happens in, right? It spans the entire galaxy, and there's this mathematician who discovers like 
everything's going to end. Like the empire is going to fall. And it's going to be a lot of crazy, you know, terrible shit going down. Predictive AI. No, it's this thing called psycho history. Oh. I'm telling you, dude, it's crazy. But the, the empire sees this as heresy. Ultimately they like let him and his followers go to this, this planet to collect the history of humanity so that it survives this coming catastrophe. But it's got all these huge sci-fi concepts, and it just throws everything at you. You know, it doesn't even give you time to really explore. Like, for example, right? These guys right here. This is the 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 head, the the imperium, the empire, the empire, the the leader of the thing. But they're clones. Ah, it's all the same guy. So all three of these guys are the same dude. They're all this, yeah, technically the same dude, and they've been cloned from the beginning of the empire, like thousands of years ago. Huh, dude, and and it doesn't really explain that. It just kind of says, "Oh yeah, this is what's going on," and then it's like, "All right, now on to the next thing." So, but it's so, super, it's super gorgeous. I mean, are we this, talking like? Are we talking like concepts like later, later books of Dune? Concepts. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, because that all sort of deals with humanity and and sociology and things like that. But and giant worms and giant worms. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that it's awesome. You definitely check it out. Uh, but there was a Sandman trailer too. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. I haven't seen this trailer yet. I've seen seen pics for the actors and stuff. Have you have read not... the first issue of Sandman? It's a very long time ago. Well, they pretty much made. Yeah. It looks like the first episode is probably going to be more or less a shot for shot for that. So you know, not necessarily oh, a bad that's thing. That's cool. But pretty cool. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, I hope they take some liberties and kind of expand on things a little bit. Well, sure, sure. I mean, they're different media. You should always make changes when you're making your adaptation. But you know, where they can, you know, bring in these like, if especially if it's like iconic imagery, yeah, cool. More power to you. But I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, I think I'm kind of over comic book movies. Oh, go fuck yourself, Tomer. <laughs> either way. Uh, what else? You guys do anything else? Anything cool? Watch anything? Uh, Star Wars Visions, which Taylor brought up. He saw the first yeah. two episodes. I kind of marathoned the entire series the other night. Yeah, How many cool. episodes are there total? I believe there's nine. Okay. They're, well, they're short, right? They're 30-minute episodes. Oh, okay. I don't think quite that long. Yeah, but, but it's not really short. But if you can't like the the runtime for the credits and stuff, yeah, they're oh, they're I pretty gotta short. Watch those. They're really good. You know, I, I especially time. Uh, the some of the later ones are really well done, and some of these. And is studios, it all one narrative or is no? It's, it's multiple narratives. Okay. Yeah, it's a Picarillo type of style, you know. Yeah, yeah sure, uh, but uh, a lot of the a lot of these animation studios out of Japan did a really good job with the subject material. Yeah, I think that they uh, put their best foot forward. The first short was really really good. It was yeah. you know a classic like Miyazaki movie style duel, oh. like you know a bunch of dickhead stormtroopers show up at some like rural village and like a wandering ronin just happens to be there so you know yeah it's very song and dance, it's very, samurai, famous, so. very severed samurai vibe to it that sounds but some awesome. of these uh some of the later ones cool. there was uh one by studio uh, our production ig which is uh responsible for a lot of uh other uh big name anime uh one of the biggest one i can think of off the top of my head is like evangelion yeah the so boys are gonna one? get full all into that shit. And then, uh, oh, I think I think Trigger was involved in one, and Trigger does a lot of good anime. But there was cool. there there was a, it wasn't done by the same studio. But there's a there's I think it's like the second or third episode has a very fully coolie vibe to it, and I love fully coolie. It might have been the second one then, because yeah, that's the one where they have like the words. rock band and everything. Yeah, that that's the tattooing rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, that one. These words. That's because you're an ignorant piece of shit, Gomer. Shut the fuck up. Anyway. <laughs> the news. Nice now, here's an ignorant piece of shit with the news. <laughs> uh, and we only have a few things in news, including the what if. So let's get right into it. Uh, Marvel is suing uh, families of comic book creators. That might be more accurate to say that Disney is suing, but effectively well, sure. the same thing. Well, Marvel, the Marvel unit, because I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to get all into law with you and stuff like that. But technically, it is not Disney suing. Mm -hmm. Same way with like Lucasfilm would sue. It just happens to be the parent company. 
So again, hmm. you're right technically. That's all the, the headlines I've seen were Disney, and I'm... but on the paperwork, yeah. it says Marvel. But Marvel. They're gonna lose full rights to some of their characters if what the family of people, including Stan Lee, uh, Steve Ditko, Gene Colan, and more, uh, the suit that that Disney, yeah, Marvel and slash Disney. Uh, filed seeks to uh, quote declaratory relief that these blockbuster characters are ineligible for copyright termination as works made for hire. So if Marvel loses, Disney would have to share ownership of the characters. They would still have rights to use the characters. They still they just have to pay to use. Feel like a Superman situation, you know? Superman yeah. and Batman at this point. And Batman, yeah. Yeah, at this point. Uh they pay. And a lot of other, you know, Warner Brothers is you got to admit a lot fairer than Marvel is in terms of, you know, actually paying some people uh for things well, that happen. Well, well now, yeah, now I mean, exactly. The whole the whole issue with Bill Finger's uh, granddaughter and stuff was right. uh, was right. was a thing that that was like, nah, if we pay you this one time, you know, you don't get anything else. You know, so they yeah. they kind of DC kind of dicks around people too. Yeah, so, I mean, I it mean, is worth pointing out that there are no heroes in you know, no copyright fights when com- like these giant corporations are involved, right? Usually, they only do the right thing when they are forced to do so. Uh, well, I mean, and that's the nature of the of the system that we're in. You know, they sure. fight for their right and everything. Um, but with that said, I think especially Marvel has a bit more of a stable foundation here because it doesn't matter what they do. They could literally kick a puppy. You know, Kevin Feige could just go out and kick a puppy and Marvel movies are still, dude, Shang-Chi is fourth week in a row at number one, $200 million in the U S alone. And it's a pandemic. Nobody's going to the theaters, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and that is kind um, of slim pickings by Marvel standards too. It is, but it just goes to show just how popular you know they are. Oh uh, yeah, they print money at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I got the list of the lawyers involved and all that. Uh, I guess no, one thing of that. note is this doesn't impact like worldwide stuff, only in the United States. So again, it all points to these heirs. Even if they get control, you know, even the limited control and Marvel's like, okay, fuck y'all. We just won't use these characters anymore, which I couldn't imagine. No, I couldn't imagine that at all. No, that not happened. Oh, that's never happened before. I mean, mean, why wouldn't they? Whatever situation they find themselves in, they will make the decision that makes them the most money. And so if they do lose this lawsuit and have to control characters, they will still make more money by using the characters than by not using the characters. So, uh, so again, uh, Ed Brubaker, just a few months ago, spoke up about this sort of thing, you know, with uh, Winter Soldier and how he makes more money off of his, you know, literally eight second appearance in that movie than he does for any of the writing that he did. Uh, And again, man, I understand a lot of people out there. And I said, I know I used the word bootlickers earlier, but again, everyone is victims of the system who reside within the system. It's like the Matrix. Okay, every they're victims too. Uh, oh, they signed contracts. This is how it works with work for hire. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I don't think it should. And you can always change these contracts. Contracts can always be renegotiated. Well, in the case of like Lee and Ditko, these were contracts signed back in the 1960s when the idea of having like multi-billion dollar film franchises was just an absurd idea. Exactly. Exactly, dude. Um and it's just weird to me that these copyright laws exist for a reason. And this is the reason to give credit to people when that credit is, is it's supposed to go into the, well, domain. you know what I mean? There is an angle to there. To play devil's advocate. Yeah. The actual creators and most of the people you're talking about here are long dead. We're sure. talking about people who had nothing to do with creating these characters. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And survivors, I mean, descendants. I know you're not saying that with like a negative connotation. Right, you're just staying. I'm just trying to say, like, what's fair here. I mean, but I don't think that that's fair because, again, we're all working within a system where money is the language. Okay. And even if these individuals, these heirs to these creators, are doing things for the right reasons, where they want their family members who created these beloved works of, of art, you know, these pieces of Americana at this point, things that changed our lives. 
they want the people who created them to get the proper credit. The only real way they have to do that is to sue these people for money because that's the language, you know, that that is spoken in the system that we're in. And again, I don't think that's right either. You know, I think there's come on, Disney, how big you got to be, man. You know, just give these people their fucking money. I mean, Disney World was a good suggestion. Right. It seems like this is coming up a lot, especially in the last couple of months. I mean, especially with like Scarlett Johansson and everything. But yeah, it's it's hard to even if you do think that, you know, Disney, whatever, you know, has the right to their characters, they can spare the fucking money. This yes. is ultimately about them making a minor dip in their profits yep. at best. The, so, here's you know. the bigger problem. Here's the bigger problem. Mm. It's the precedent. Because once that ball starts going, mm-hmm. once the dam is open, it's not going to stop. Y'all know who Budansky is, comic book creator who did the Transformers? He yep. named basically all of the Transformers. He going to come back and get his Transformers money? He going to get his half percent of the, what, $5 billion that Transformers has made in, what, the past two decades? I'm just saying it. it this is, a, in my opinion, a, a symptom of an overarching problem and overall an overarching issue with a lot of things going on. But it's really hard for me, even speaking within a context of the system. This isn't necessarily a thing that's going to lead to Marvel, even if they lose this case, not being able to use these characters. They'll just have to pay a little bit off the top, you know, share in the profits with these people. And at worst, those individuals will be able to license these characters out to other companies, to other publishers, which means we just get more content. We're the ones who win. Who we'll win. get, we'll and get that's one why of those. This law was created in the we'll first. We'll get one day. of those weird scenarios, like with uh, Angela from Spawn, where she gets thrown from Spawn into Marvel Universe all of a sudden because yeah, <laughs> because Neil Gaiman wanted to give a middle finger to. Todd McFarlane. Well, I, I mean, as game. far as like the stories are concerned, I guess that's a pretty neutral change. I feel like Angela didn't really add or detract. I know, I know, I know, but we can get a situation <laughs> yeah, where right? where the uh, the families can be want to give a middle finger to Marvel, and then all of a sudden you see Captain America show up in DC <laughs> or a Rob Liefeld book. <laughs> you know, maybe this will lead to ultimately to a new generation of like the Marvel DC crossovers, and yeah, that could be pretty cool. Man, I just think more is more, and I think everyone's like, oh, well, they're not going to leave money on the table. Dude, I think they're leaving money on the table now. It's free promotion. You know, what are you scared someone's going to make put Captain America in some uh, homoerotic fan fiction? It's already happened, Marvel. Shut up. Yeah, you know somebody's what I already mean? shipped them together. It's just silly to me, man. The whole thing is just silly to me. Uh, but I really get upset at the attitude people have, you know – where they ignore the exploitation because of the way the system works with terrible contracts. And then they're kind of like bootlickers saying these billion dollar corporations are the ones who need to win this so that their entertainment isn't diluted a little bit. I mean, it's, it's weird to me. It's just weird, but sorry, let's move on. Something awesome. Jonathan Hickman, his tenure as head of X has come to a bitter, kind of a bitter end. That's not awesome. What are you talking about? I mean, I wouldn't use the term bitter, but kind of an anticlimactic end, I would definitely Yeah, very say. anticlimactic. This is a case where, and we don't know, that Inferno could be, you know, knock our damn, you know, socks it could. off. It could. It I have my expectations for it. I honestly do. But presumably he is cutting out significantly sooner than he intended to. So even if he does a perfect job with Inferno and, you know, that's probably setting the bar way too high. We're still going to always wonder like what was going to be the next thing down the pipe, you know, like this, this whole thing suffers from the fact that this really wasn't a writer's room. You know, this wasn't one guy producing, running things. This was just a guy who was basically okaying things. And he was like the cool uncle where he okayed every damn thing. So basically he had three different acts to his three-year-long, you know, epic that started with House of X, Powers of Ten, and then went to wherever it was going. But it got popular. And the people who were writing with him on the team doing Marauders, Gary Duggan and Vita Ayala and all of these folks, 
they really had a good time doing what they were doing within the first act of Hickman's overall plan. And they just extended the first act through his entire contract that he had at, at Marvel. And then Substack shows up with six figures and he's like, well, the hell with y'all. I'm going to work with Warren Ellis and have fun instead of doing all this work for X-Men. But with all that said, overall, I mean, this dude, it's very easily argued that he is the greatest modern day superhero writer alive. I mean, it's hard to dispute. I mean, there's others out there. You know, Bendis, even if you want to get into the last 20 years. but I mean, his Avengers you, run you was an argument for Bendis. Sure, sure. Not lately, but, you know, 10 years exactly. ago, sure. Exactly. But, like, yeah, Hickman's Avengers run was a consensus favorite. Um, his FF run is by miles my favorite FF run. Um, uh, and then we Speaker don't Wars in- was probably the greatest event of all time. Easily. Easily my favorite, dude. And... I was really hopeful for his X-Men to be more than, and that's like House of X powers of Sin, fucking awesome, amazing. The status quo that he set up here with Kroko and everything, it all feels like it works, but it's so different. You well, know, it's what it's the X-Men magic. definitely needed. You know, the X-Men yeah. have needed a change for the longest time. They've yeah. been the same. And, you know, they still kind of are the same, but uh, this yes. gives them a new coat of paint, you know? It, it, yeah. It's like a they, renovation. You're exactly it, it, right. I know. It, it feels like the X-Men are actually telling modern stories for modern times now, you know? Yeah. This feels like a, a more a, a definitive modern X-Men run. Yeah, I 100% agree. All this comes from an interview he did at AIPT. Uh, and they asked him the question, um, is there going to be a time where you ever get back, where you come back? to your three acts you know are you going to come back or should x fans just give up hope so there's a new site you know sharing the same worries that we're sharing and he says i understand where this question is coming from i do get it but i think it misses the point of the whole x-men experiment and he basically goes on to say exactly what adam just said he changed x-men and gave them a, a new blood a new direction a new status quo that They've already shown that this, that any creator can just pick this up from within this new status quo and just ride it, you know, until the end of whenever, until they do it all again, right? Uh, he says he also has a bunch of ideas that we're going to. Yeah, part but of at, that. The, the other, at the same time, though, I didn't get on X Men because Dang. just any creator was on X Men. Exactly. I got on X Men because. Hickman was the one that was steering the ship. Am I gonna start and now that he's not steering the ship, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't really know where this is going. I'm gonna start yeah, I mean, if it's going team. anywhere. Right. The fact that so many different writers have been able to create good X-Books out of this is marvelous. But yeah, Adam's right. I got on board on the first place because Hickman was the one driving the train. Yeah. He does go on to say that. There's no version of this where I'm putting plans in my back pocket to save for another day or some great character beat that I'm holding on to, and no one is allowed to use it until I get around to it. That's not what this is. Everything I have already done, everything I'm currently working on, and everything I had plans to do in the future belongs to the team. That was the point of having a room and a cohesive group of creators working together. So while he's leaving... Everything that he has planned out for the X-Men into the into whatever would end up being his three acts is still there. But again, oh, so it's like he left his outline there that they can follow they, if they want. If they if want roadmap. Yeah. Any Marvel editor can come in at any point and say, nope, we're shitting on this. We're squashing it. Jonathan's gone. So is that we're going to keep his status quo. You guys do whatever you want. And then it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, Jerry, that can happen anytime. Just look at yeah. DC. Hey, like like 5G. Exactly. <laughs> yep, it's exactly, exactly like, like 5G. 5G, dude. Mm. It's very worrisome. Uh, I still have high hopes for, for the X-Books. Uh, I mean, like I said, we have Inferno, you know, on the way. Uh, that's going to be four issues, extra big issues uh, done by December. Uh, this is going to be marvelous. I cannot wait to see how. 
all of this, you know, thing between Destiny and Mystique and, and Krakoa and Moira and all pans out. And we know, you know going into the new year, we're definitely getting a Sabretooth book. So. Yeah, but I'm less excited about new X-Books now. I mean, I they, they're really going to have to sell me on them. I think I am too, man. I am, like, dialed into Dugan's X-Men book at this point. But, yeah, it's definitely going to have to be a longer think before I pick up a new one. Uh, it's... It all feels especially, like especially so with this, now. Especially with this whole last wave. And we'll get to it when we get to the reviews. But this whole last like second or third wave of X-Books that came out. Yeah. Uh, Children of the Atom, X-Corp, Way of X. Lame. All of them were subpar, lame. Subpar. Subpar. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even Marauders to a point got a little. The last issue of Marauders when they were on Mars is lame. I didn't like that at all, dude. New Mutants is the shock, amazing X book right now. New Mutants, you know what I mean? It's, right now, it's yeah. fucking great. It's great. Um, and that's not to say X Force. X Force keeps spinning its fucking wheels, though. It's yeah, it needs to go over. somewhere. It, it, it's it not going go anywhere. anywhere, man. Uh, I like Wolverine. Yeah, but Wolverine's that's still... fun, but it doesn't. It just feels like Wolverine. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't mean anything to the overall. Yeah, I mean, Wolverine is basically what he's always been. Yeah, so, and that's not a yeah. gripe against it. It's no, no, not at all. But I wanted this to be exactly what it was promoted as—a line, a franchise at a big two publisher where there was a guy running the fucking show, and all the books mattered, and there was a direction that they were all going in together. And it doesn't I couldn't tell you that. what the point of X Corp was. I get it. It was leaning into them having this pharmaceutical business and this. You know, that could have like, been a that could have been a one shot. You're right, dude. <laughs> we learned this week that Way of X could have been a fucking one shot. This dude. Way of X book that came out this week was a one shot, and that's all you fucking needed. You didn't. It really wasn't. I would say the opposite. It was issue six of Way of X, but they gave it a new title for some reason. But everything they basically went over everything that they had covered throughout, and all of the meat anyway, all the shit that actually mattered for this onslaught book this week. They could they they went over it in the on in that one shot. You know, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I don't know what to think of the Xbox moving forward. Um, I'm still on board for all of them, but I'm gonna. Start I do say, I do. I will say, I will say, you brought up Sabretooth. It does have an interesting hook in the fact that he is the one mutant that is, you know, in who jail. has been subjected to the law. Yeah, of Krakoa. Yeah, yeah. I guess. But I think that's gonna feed out of Inferno. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, some some awesome like that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's get into something that Adam won't be able to talk about. Uh, uh, let me go to the the What If logo first. What If by Marvel. Uh, this is episode seven. What If Thor was an only child? Uh, we'll just ignore Hela. Uh, there's Thor getting some drinks. Uh, basically, that's what this is. Thor... The Odin sleep, which is awesome. They introduced the Odin sleep. You know, I have never been clear about why Loki being raised amongst Asgardians drastically changed his physiology. It's like when you get a dog and the did. dog starts to be, begins to look like its owner. I guess. Only in a much more literal <laughs> sense here. Right. It's magic, dude. Okay. Yeah, don't, sure. Don't okay, sure. Fine. Whatever. Magic. That's like the whatever. Harry Potter rule. Well, that started off on a sour note, but I did really enjoy this episode. It was um, it was just fun. A lot of these it was, lines, yeah. I mean, a lot of the it last came... couple episodes have been kind of dark, and this one was yeah. just kind of lighthearted fun until the end. Oh, then oh, we're getting. I honestly there. wish they hadn't included that at the end. I was fine with this one just being lighthearted, you know, goofy fun. I still like the cliffhanger, bro. I think I it came like... at a good time because yeah, the last few episodes have been real downers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. I do like them having variety to this show. The whole point of having like a what if or like we can spin in all these different directions. We should have different tones for these different episodes. Definitely. So I definitely yeah. enjoyed this one. Yeah. Uh, basically it's Thor goes to Midgard after Odin goes to the Odin sleep. His mom goes on a little vacation and he goes and parties his ass off. Uh, I get it. I don't really, I don't know. Loki being around and like just, Thor becomes a party animal. I don't know. It seems weird. It did. That's 
because of the title. You know, what if Thor was an only child? If he's an only child, he's going to do raves and keggers all the time. <laughs> Faith uh, raves and keggers. My it's, favorite. If ahead, it's a story you want to tell about Thor being, you know, a a frat bro, that's yeah. as good of a premise as any to sure. get you there. So you know that that doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of this as a comic book fan, Maria Hill was the most Maria Hill on screen in this episode of What If. This is my Maria Hill. Okay, this is comic book Civil War throwing Captain America out of a fucking airplane. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's Hill. calling in nuclear strikes. She yeah. is way colder here than she has been in the movie so oh, far, for sure. Yeah. I love I uh, love. Boss bitch Maria Hill is my favorite Maria Hill. By now, far. now a little bit of trivia here: Kat Denning and Brie Larson were actually on a sitcom for the WB uh, in the early ninety, early two thousands. Oh, so them being on them being represented on screen together is like the first time in like t- almost fifteen to. 20 well, years. you'll have to keep waiting because it was somebody else voicing Captain Marvel here. That's true. Yeah, it wasn't Brie Larson. <laughs> It was most of the rest of the other class, uh, yeah. the rest of the cast, though. Uh, I think this is the first time Chris Hemsworth has uh, lent his voice to Thor, although there hasn't been a much opportunity up till now, granted, but, you know, yeah. still. Uh, but, yeah, it ended, and most of these what-ifs have sort of ended on something that could continue. And this was, oh, I was like, oh, shit. You know, I wasn't expecting this at all. Yeah, Infinity uh, Armor Vision. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh... It's Ultron Vision, Ultron Vision slash Vision Dash. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess this is like the version of events where Ultron's plan went on unimpeded. Yes. So, yeah, he just downloaded his consciousness into the Vision body. Yeah. So, yeah, like um, Infinity Ultron. Yeah, so, pretty, so uh, maybe we can get here. maybe we can get a zombie Thanos versus Infinity Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Dude, that would be rad. What? Uh, but yeah, it just this felt like a like an '80s movie. It did. It had that kind of like <laughs> that, I mean? that. It had that, the, from that like the co- '80s vibe. That color. Yeah, movie. even the romance yeah. subplot was kind of yeah. like an '80s rom com type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, overall, another good episode. Uh, what if? And that's all you can really say about it. It's fun. I really enjoyed like Thor and Captain Marvel punching each other across goddamn oceans. You know. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and then the way they uh, did that, you know, where you were like up there seeing them fly across it was yeah it was all very very well done but uh still what if it's just it's a good show it's just not mcu you know it just kind of feels like it's, other well, it's fun I, I said before it's not as engrossing as the other shows have been i'm less invested here than i have been but that's not what they're trying to make something that's just like good goofy fun or yeah. you know dark reflection crap you know there's yeah. a lot of different angles they can play here and they've been doing that very well i so. agree 100 percent. i think the problem for me is this doesn't feel like it's impactful at all you know it's not gonna have oh it is inherently not impactful yeah, yeah. i mean we're in alternate yeah. universes so like even yeah. if like they nuke the universe like they did in that dr strange episode it ultimately yeah. doesn't matter yeah i love that shit until until tva loki comes and calling <laughs> <laughs> yeah right all right let's get into food mm, yummy so All right, good. is this going to be great or is it going to be gross? Let's see. It's it's in the middle of the road. Uh, oh. Cheetos bag of bones. Bag of bones. Uh, is a bad. Halloween uh, exclusive snack at Walmart. Cheetos pieces are separated by two sides: one half flaming hot, the other half white cheddar. Halloween themed. Uh, that's not terrible. Cheetos. No, that's not terrible. And they come in a collector can. This is indeed some pretty neutral food news. I mean, if you like Cheetos, I mean, I can't think that them being shaped any differently is going to ruin that for you. So I at least, at least, it's not like the last Cheetos food news you gave us. Oh, is it like the the flaming hot Mountain Dew Cheeto? That's, that's oh, God. The one. Yeah, that might that might have been the very worst one, honestly. I mean, I mean, the Twix heck. on the chicken wings is bad too what yeah yeah that was bad oh yeah you weren't there for that one yeah um Uh, they were doing so well too because there's like this twix like powder that you could put on your toast great idea putting it on cheesecake love it then they showed them putting it on like fucking chicken wings and it's like why the fuck would you do that what the hell well we we agreed delicious they said it was delicious i lost so much respect for you when you said that just now tiktok said it was delicious TikTok can go fuck itself. That's a terrible idea. TikTok is like Vine. So, hey, right. it's only 30 seconds. They don't show what happens afterwards. Right. <laughs> ice cream. Twix powder yeah, they don't show cream. throwing up or diarrhea later. Uh, yeah. Let's get into Man, we got awesome. 
Finally. Moment Finally. Of uh, so you can get those at Walmart, by the way, the Cheetos. Uh, Transformers number thirty-five. Uh, Brian Ruckley, Anna Malkova. Yep. Joanna LaFuente. Shit's finally happening. Shit's hitting the fan. Shit is happening. Off the heels of a fantastic issue number 34, maybe the best issue of the series thus far, the battle of the Insecticon Horde turns into the battle for the Enigma of Combination. Mm-hmm. And, man, just a field day with the art here. Love this. Autobots rolling yeah. into action. I will say out of the uh, new generation or the new phase or whatever, uh, Malkova's probably been the the most consistent, the best artist. This has been amazing oh um, yeah a lot of a lot of fantastic action scenes one of the, the the when the action scenes happen this book has fantastic action scenes yeah and that's all throughout this there's a lot of awesome callbacks in this um you know they they actually for once uh established the rainmakers in this as badasses in previous issues kicked. yeah <laughs> And, and and in this, they get their asses kicked by a Love new it. team called the Drought, uh, who I care about two thirds of, which yeah, is Wind a, Charger. I'm not. I'm a fan of Wind Charger. Wind Charger and RC. I care about them. Whoever the other guy was, was I have yeah. no idea. I think they asked um, him to leave by the end of the of the fight. <laughs> I don't, see that that's that's my big problem with this whole book, though. Is like, yeah, it's getting good. Things are happening, but everything that's happening is with a bunch of characters that I, a lifelong Transformers fan have no idea who these people are yeah man they got geomotus hanging out with some dude i'm like man that dude looks interesting hang out with him and then they, then they don't uh great panel here i had to pull this panel i love a good sniper panel that's sun yeah, by the way there is a lot of really cool fighting thing in here uh you know there's skylinks doing dragon stuff oh yeah he's doing dragon um, shit. oh it's there's there's a lot awesome. of cool conversations about uh with uh Termi- termagax is that, yeah, is that Term- her name termagax termagax between termagax and pyromagna talking and about optimus comes in yeah, and they with have optimus, fun- but they're, they're talking about how the, the drama of war and why does yes. everything have to be you know as dramatic as it is and uh, i don't know there's there's a lot there's this feels like where this book should have started. Yes. Yes. Uh, it should not take 34, now 35 issues for a series to get where it's worth reading. <sighs> but it is now. And yeah, it I hope is. it continues. Uh, oh, Beast Wars continues. No- yeah, me too. Beast Wars number eight, uh, Eric Burnham, Winston Chan doing interiors. Uh, great Andrew Griffith cover here. Uh, mm mm-hmm living legend over in the transformers you know realm uh solid ish it's moving things right along we're getting the proto forms falling and we know that half of them are going to become maximals and half of them are going to become predacons so this this has a a different problem than the main the main transformer series has the problem of it's really exciting now things are happening but i don't know who anybody is this this book i know who everybody is I know what side they're on. I know what they're all doing, but the art is just terrible. I'm just gonna be straight out say it. It's in my notes. I'm not a fan of the art either. Uh, but Winston Chan did some pretty fun stuff with the art. Having Rat Trap riding Sheetor here, this is a pretty fun. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's standard. Here. That's standard Beast Wars stuff, though. I mean, it is, but he well, brought it okay, in. So a it- cold opinion here. I really hate those first two panels having a background that's just like the. Uh, th- and that's a big problem. There's no backgrounds yeah. in almost any of this. Yeah. It's all just whooshes and hallways. Is, and this is okay. This is a first-person perspective of Cheetor running after but, Black Arachnid. Other than that, I'm cool do. with this book. It's a solid issue. I mean, it progresses the story. We have the protoforms following. We know where everything's going. No. You know? Um, I 100% agree, dude. It's I just the not, art that's letting this thing down. I am not a Beast Wars fan. I am a G1. G1 is the best one. But yeah, I'm enjoying this book, but it is not because of the art. Not at all. You know? Oh, sorry. So yeah, a couple of good issues. Uh, hoping for more. We get a couple of more next week. Uh, we get that shattered uh, glass issue, and we get a Halloween issue. We'll talk more about those tomorrow night on the preview show. Oh yeah, Starscream's yeah. Ghost. Oh, is it going to be Starscream's Ghost? Yeah. That's oh, the cover shit. of it. Oh shit. See, I, I try not to spoil myself. I'm just kidding. I, I just I didn't even look. Says the guy who does a preview show. 
Let's do the top three. Stop being logical, Taylor. I'll start this week. You want me to start this week? I'll start this week. Uh, a couple of shout-outs. I got three shout-outs. One real quick. Uh, Barbarella number three. The writing's just eh, It's okay. But Matabek... Cheesecake. Uh, Matabek Musabekov uh, is an amazing artist. I'm telling you, I think you're going to be hearing that name a lot. Uh, yeah, it's Cheesecake, but there's great design work going on in there. There's great comic book art uh, flowing in, in that book. So I uh, wanted to give it a shout-out. Let me. Did I tell you how much I love this panel? Yes, that you is did. a cool panel. Yeah. Let me get rid of it. Let me get rid of it. Uh, I'll mention Nightwing eighty four, Tom Taylor, Robbie Rodriguez, not Bruno Redondo. Finally, an issue that isn't amazing. Uh, Tom Taylor shows that he is a human being. Leave it to Batman and his stupid. <laughs> I thought it was all right. State event. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed down, it. It yeah. wasn't as good though. It was. Well, it, it didn't have to chalk it up to not having Redondo's art. You know, yeah. I mean. That is even the that story. is like that is like fifty five percent of the pull for the series so far. But even the story, the, the story going on with Blood uh, Bloodhaven is so good. What what Dick is doing in that city? Well, let's go to Gotham because Batman's having an event. Man, shut up! In the broad so strokes, I agree with you so that big. I really did not tie this in with Fear State. I really wish they had just kept on with what they were doing. It was still that good, being though. said, it like was still if, good. If, if you're, if, if there's like a corporate directive for them to like do the Fear State tie-in, they made a pretty good, you know, issue out of yeah. that. Like, I really enjoyed his dynamic with Bruce. I really yes. enjoyed... Um, they're fighting in, in, the, in the alley, and yeah. he keeps saying, oh, faint. Is it, we go right back to it. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's good writing. That yeah. is good, you know, just like, feeding on nostalgia. I feel like, like other than, way. like, the outstanding artwork, I feel like the secret to this book's success is that Tom Taylor does really good character dynamics, and I love his dynamic with Bruce here, and it's the most we've seen of it so far in this series. Yeah. Uh, another honorable mention, uh, XM number three, solid issue, great action, amazing art, really fun character moments, but really just, this is kind of slow for me, man. Uh, everything that they talked about in here has already been alluded to. Things are moving kind of slow in this first arc in terms of just getting to, to what's going on. He's introduced this Mars man and teased him. He's introduced this space fungus in an astronaut suit. He's introduced, you know, the Yurik angle, and it feels like he's just not getting to it. Come on, let's get to it. And I know it's only three issues, but again, it feels like it's starting to spin its wheels early, and I, I just don't want it want it to do that. So, uh, again, good issue. Just come on. Uh, but yeah, number three, and it just barely made it. Guardians of the Galaxy number eighteen. Al Ewing won for uh, for Gary. It's a solid wrap. To it's last not number two. This oh, is cool. my number three as well. Oh, awesome! Awesome. This is uh, this is one of those books that's why I like comic books. It's because yeah. it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it, it has uh, what Star Lord and shooting this guy with the power of the sun with Nova's Nova's literally Nova, like Nova's the, a bower to gun shoot powder. a bullet. You know, yeah, yeah it's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just big dumb stupid comic book sci-fi, and yeah, I love it. Uh, love this this page, dude. When they're you know talk about all the characters and Doom. Yeah, I mean Doom gets in a really good, magnificent bastard moment, like especially towards the end of the issue. Oh, we're right like, here. yeah, um, this whole thing was his idea. It turns out, and he's got some fucking Dormammu juice in his goddamn armor now. If they ever get back to it, if they, Al Ewing will get back to it, I they'll, hope they'll I mean, show up yeah. in Sword. This if, book if is anything. over. Guardians of the Galaxy is over. Yeah, but Al Ewing's writing other books. You know. I I I dare to think. Watch it. Watch that it show other that Venom book he's is going to use Doctor Doom at some point. You know, yeah. Like even if Al Ewing never gets around to this, someone will. Yeah, uh, but even if they don't, it was still fun. It's still interesting. Uh, honestly, the whole—I mean, Doom does end up being the the big winner here. I was glad that he was in this last arc, but if they're ending the book, it feels kind of like, oh man, okay, we'll just have Doom in the last arc, and then. Well, I just jumped on when. Well, Doom they just had the everybody team, in the so, last arc, is what it yeah. felt like. So <laughs> it feels like it's ending, and I, you know, I just got here. You know, I'd be right? curious to see if we keep going. Yeah, I will. Yeah, that's why it was number three, because, yeah, it is a bit bittersweet. But, uh, yeah, that's my number three and honorables. Adam, we're going around clockwise. All righty. Honorable mentions. Uh, last Ronin number four. It's solid. It's solid. 
it was exactly what I expected it to be. Yeah, me too. That's why it's an honorable mention. Um, also, uh, Flash 774. Um, this was just a really cute issue. It was yeah. cute. Wha- yeah, it was what? Wally West it- taking his daughter to a father-daughter dance. And it's just a awesome. real cute interactions between yeah. him and his daughter. Um, you know, uh, some some D-list villain shows up, of course, or whatever. Yeah. They have to deal with it. But it's just it's just really cute seeing Wally deal with his daughter. That's awesome. It was really sweet. Day to day. Another indication of why Wally is a better character than Barry, because Wally gets to have these <laughs> sort of interactions. But um, but the only thing that bugged me about this issue is like it seemed like Wally's work was having the daddy daughter dance, and I don't think that's a thing. I don't think that's a thing either. Yeah, but still, it's, it's like, weird. They bring your daughter to work, nay. That's not what this was. This thing. was explicitly a dance, but that's it was weird. really sweet, and that easily like overcame all of my like misunderstandings of how that dynamic <laughs> it, it, it just made me smile when I read it and, and that's always yeah, a nice thing to have fun. when you read a book that's cool. Uh, and then another book which actually made the, the same thing for me was uh, Aquaman the Becoming number one um, wow I didn't read that either you know Jackson Hyde has been a character he's been around for like a decade but they've never really established him in yeah. anything because when they created him they rebooted the universe so DC hasn't even established its universe yet much less this dude um and i like this because this was just like a slice of life issue of his life in uh amnesty bay and i like amnesty bay because it's not a big town it's a small town so he's just like walking around town being like hey milkman hey whatever (laughs) you know it's it's just it was just funny we have a milkman yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how good the book will be you know going forward i want the plot actually kicks in but yeah you know that was interesting. But my actual number three was uh, Nightwing 84. Nice. Uh, yeah, this is one of the, this is like the lesser of the Nightwing books, but I still thought it was fun. I really liked the writing when Batman showed up and they were like, we slipped back into our old, old routine. Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about know, Batgirl at the end. Batgirl suited up at the end, which was, was cool. Awesome. You know, and, and yeah, we didn't have the normal artist, but I still liked the art in this issue. I still yeah. thought it was cool. Yeah, it was so good. Like, it's just like, you had to compare it to like the stellar art that's been in the book, but still, and you I know, will, it, th- there was nothing miss... bad about this issue. Exactly. It was still really good. Tom will, Taylor's still a great writer. I will never miss an opportunity to shit on Batman and a Batman event. Excellent choice, though. Dave. All righty. Uh, honorable mentions x-men number three uh like you said just a lot of stuff going on in this book uh i don't follow x-men books but you know i got on board on this book dude i i I got on this book um and then uh radiant black number eight team is coming coming together we are getting we are getting the team together we are finally figuring out what this other guy he's I don't think he's human or if he's human, he has knowledge of extraterrestrial information. There's something going on with that. There dude. is something going on with I this. I can't guy. believe I'm still reading this book. The only reason I'm doing it is because you love it so much, but uh, I'm not a fan of this book at all. I don't but, know why I keep reading it. But it. All right. Everybody hit the free space on your bingo card. Go <laughs> shat on one of David's picks. Uh, I tried not to. I tried. Uh, my number you three fail pick. miserably. My number three pick is the last Ronin. Cool. Uh, just you know, a lot going on. We we get a lot of the history of like what happened to Splinter, and I believe that's Donatello. I'm not. It was. It was Donatello. Yeah. I was I'm not 100 percent sure which turtle it was, but I assumed it was Donatello. I mean, he was uh, using a bow staff, but and yeah, he was, he was also using a, he was also using like a katana. Yeah, they did. They, oh. Yeah, at so, one point during the fight, he was. He was building okay, a katana. Whatever. But Splinter was such a badass in this fight with the Aruko clan. Uh, oh, he was. Yeah. yeah. Dude, uh, big really cool. moments in this. But this is actually my number two nice. because I fucking loved Sensei Mikey. Yes. Yes. That and was my favorite part of the book. I really liked him working with this uh, Casey Marie character. Um, and like the April's daughter. Yeah, with Casey yeah. Jones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole big fight scene where they're like storming uh, Stockman's compound and everything. Yep. It was all really cool, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, and, it was yeah. like was, was I really, I really enjoyed the uh, the fact that they used uh, how they used Fidgetoid to basically take out Stockman. This, you know, the yeah. cyborg esque Stockman. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a really good, I, it's a really good thing. Uh, and pretty much everybody, <laughs> we're setting up for a pretty big fight at the end of it where the foot clan doesn't have any machines, any robots. So it's going to be a very leveled, level playing field. And I love the big revelation in there that Casey, uh, is She's more than human. She's mute. She's a mutant. Yeah. Somehow? She's a teenage mutant I ninja thought, human. I thought they yeah. were going to say that one of the turtles is the dad. Well, it's that's I, I, I almost went there too. I, 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 went there. I was like, oh, this, what, I, this would definitely have been spoiled the, the, the closest, on the internet with the closest I could come to I'm glad they avoided that. Yes. Um, the closest yeah. I could come to an analog is the more, the Matt Smith run of Doctor Who where, um, I forget her name, but her, uh, she absorbs something. Yeah, her and close by. They they absorb the energy from the TARDIS, the time energy. It reminded and... me of Watchmen. They said that Doctor Manhattan killed a bunch of people because he was close to him. He didn't, but no, he that's didn't. what it kind of. But that's what they they made it out to sound like. I feel like that's well. The Turtles are a way better group to hang out with then, since apparently you get fucking superpowers, dude. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Dude, that book's awesome. Only one more issue. Uh, hopefully it's out. With it's yeah. Out I mean, before the end of the year, so November. we can get the trades. Yeah, I mean, if November. You, if you speak trope, you could have predicted like just about every beat this story has taken, but it's executed that, that's why really well. It was well. an honorable mention for yeah. me it's because yeah. it, it is exactly what I expected it to be. Exactly. But that's not. I mean, it's it's done really well. Yeah. So yeah. I can't knock it. Execution's oh, I, yeah, always more important than whatever tropes you choose yeah, to use. Yeah, dude, this is going to be a huge seller once it's all collected. Every Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan ever is going to want to read So, it. yeah, when the next Beautiful. issue comes out this time next year, that'll no, be something to really look forward it'll to. It'll be out in November. It's due out in November as far as I'm I know. I'll believe it when I see it, but right. okay. Uh, you want to do honorable mentions? I think you already mentioned most yeah, of Yeah, most of my list week. is done. Um, yeah. Well, I already had an honorable mention, too. Um the Flash was an honorable mention for oh, me this nice. week. Nice. Um, I'll also do an honorable mention for Nightwing. Enjoyed it, even if it was probably the weakest issue of the run so far. Uh, also do an honorable mention for uh, Batman the Detective number five of six. This is just, oh. you know, fun Bruce Wayne, which is something that seems to be pretty rare in the main Batman. You don't days. really hear those words together. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, Cap, the United States of Captain America, number four, I will give an honorable mention to. Um, I did not like Ron Lim on the art. Not that it was bad, just well, moving away from Dale Eaglesham. The reason why not, oh, that, upgrade, that's yeah, hard to do for anyone. Not an you know? upgrade, that dude. was rough. The art was rough. But bigger issue to me, though, is like we got our new Captain America in this issue. She didn't get a chance to do anything in the main story. I mean, she oh, got her backup story and everything, but like lines, but she barely contributed during the main story she and video games with the. That, yeah, that's an that's a unfortunate break from the trend so far. All the yeah. caps have had a chance to you know do something cool so far, yeah. and she didn't. Even get her that backup chance. story was kind of lame. It wasn't as good as the others. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, like, I love hate monger, dude. I love the essence of Hitler's soul yeah. or whatever. I'm so stupid. I love it. I love it so much. So dumb. I hated the fact that Captain America's shield is a key to all kinds of bad things. Yeah, I'm apparently okay if that. you want to like open up Hitler's encasement there, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need Captain America's Dude, shield. That's some conspiracy theory like uh, national treasure. We've got to steal Captain America's shield. Get us Nicholas Cage. Yeah, actually, yeah, it would fit pretty well. But right. I continue Page to love. Finally, in the MCU. Yeah, I continue <laughs> yeah. to absolutely love the concept of this issue. I love the like you know, let's get some much needed you know spotlight on all these parts of America that are kind of marginalized in the comic book world a lot. So, yeah. you know, that's still cool. So definitely at least an honorable mention still enjoyed it, but there were like eight yeah. captains America in this issue. There were True. a lot um, good ones, bad ones, young ones. Yeah. That soldier ones. who uh, featured in here, I think is supposed to be our cap in the next issue. Yeah. Yep. I think so. Awesome. Well, they had to get to NORAD somehow. All right. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I think you're number three. You my number three was, um, Oh, what was my number? number three was Guardians. So we already talked about that. So yeah, yeah. moving on. Yeah, great issue. Uh, kind of bittersweet. I didn't want it to end. Uh, my number two, and I think Dave's going to have this on his list. Uh, Frontiersman, number one. Patrick That's my Kinlan, number one pick. Awesome. And Marco Ferrari. Uh, th this is just, it's a superhero book, but it's got this weird twist to it. Okay. It's, it's this superhero that's retired and basically yeah. an environmental group comes to get him out of retirement because they want him... They feel the an activist 
to be an activist, but they want him to be the face of their movement. And uh, because of who, what he's done in the past, uh, he's the best fit for it. And he's just going around asking his old friends about this stuff. Uh, it's it's fun, it's, dude. It's a good it's a good read. Yeah, great I'm, art here. This is him finally climbing the tree to become this activist. It's got this sort of tongue in cheek to it. You know, there's a humor there. Where it doesn't feel like it's taking itself too seriously. I was expecting then, like a shirtless bear fighter, and this yes, is completely not. Yes, that's what I was expecting. But it it really examines like social issues as well as the cynicism that surrounds them, you know, yeah. from all different angles. And it does it really smart, but it does it with this little sense of cute. This is a real dude. This looks like it's going to be an interesting series. Because the definite message in here is the environment and and but not really climate change. I mean, it is that's but, that's but what they're, they're talking about. But, but they're talking about how how different groups view it and how they deal with it. But that's telling a bigger story. It's talking about how all activism, you know, it's talking about all activism in the context of the way society, you know, sort of looks and and deals with and interacts with activism. Uh, like he's talking to his friend and she's like, well, most of these, you know, kids who are going to, or in this group that you're thinking about joining, don't really want to actually save the environment. They just want to be able to say that they're, you know, they want to be part of a group. And he's like, well, isn't that what all superheroes are? And she's like, no, you sacrificed, you did these things for the better good. These folks are doing it for themselves. Yeah, she's he's talking about like, talk, but then this he's is the thinking, lady in the this is the lady in the grocery store, right? Yeah, but, but then she's talking about like fads and stuff. Exactly, like yeah. she, like fads. But then he's thinking back to when he was a hero, and thinking about a time where he was sort of doing it for himself, you know, not to be one hundred percent altruistic. That's so kind of an interesting that, like message there about like yeah. people getting like stuck up on the nostalgia of things and like reimagining things like as more like pure and simple than they really were. Yeah, that, I think that's the yes. reason why they wanted the environmental guy because they were like trying to reimagine him as a environmentalist. Yeah, yeah. So I think this book's really got legs. Uh, did you read the backup to this? The 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 notes in this, Dave. I did not. You should go back and read the notes. And plus, in the back, it's got like a character profile, like from an old school uh, who's who of Marvel Universe. It's got like okay. one of those for, for one of the characters. So, yeah, terrific book, uh, image. Uh, I'm sure the first trade will be 10 bucks, and Taylor will jump on board by the uh, middle of next year. <laughs> That's my number two. Adam. All right. Uh, my number two was Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. I think that made everybody's list. Oh. I don't know. Oh yeah, this is a good good shot. I think that made yeah, everybody's good list. The Dave's, yeah. yeah, solid book, man, and solid yeah, run. Solid. solid run. Look at all these damn Guardians of the Galaxy. There are like fifty of them there. It's awesome. And, we'll and now they're see, all out of a job. Yeah, we'll now get they're to all, see them in Guardians of the Galaxy. Four. Now they're all just hanging out on a, on a Rocco. <laughs> they'll, they'll just show up on Sword randomly. Yeah. Uh, good choice, Dave. All right, my number, number two. two is uh black hammer visions number eight i skipped this this is the scott snyder one one day yes it's really oh, good man. this is uh we get introduced to a new character in the black hammer universe but he's kind of like the ghost rider oh cool uh he's called the horseless rider and he essentially avenges the spirits of the dead that's dope so the story so he's a ghost rider for ghost riders uh <laughs> No, yeah. not necessarily. Okay, uh, I don't actually want the explanation. Just <laughs> yeah, he was just but he was making uh, a witty point, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we get uh, we get the story takes place in uh, basically a nursing home, and oh. the 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 one character we're introduced to, the old man that we're introduced to, is making comments to the orderly about like when people are dying, you know, their possessions are going. Uh, disappearing and stuff, and it turns out the orderly is stealing these possessions. But uh, the, this horseless rider shows up at the end because the or the old man figures out the orderly is the one doing it, and essentially shoots the. He's got like these golden guns that shoot these golden bullets, and what happens is is when he's when somebody's shot with these golden bullets, the people that the have been wronged by this person in life when they're dead, they're uh, when they die, they come to uh, oh, they torment haunt him. him. They haunt him. Oh, so this, cool. this so like orderly there, but with yeah. guns. But this orderly, this orderly <laughs> has been shot with the gun, and everybody Man. he's stolen from is at 
is now haunting him. The pen and stare, but with guns. I'm surprised <laughs> that they haven't made like an edge lordy interpretation to Ghost Rider that does exactly sure they that. Have. Sure they they will. Yeah. Ghost Rider 2029 will probably be able to do oh, that. That's, dude, Black Hammer's all. This is the last issue of this. This isn't is it? the last issue, and this yeah. is I, the last. Uh, the previous issue also introduced it to a character that's not in universe right now. Yeah. It's been pretty uh, so fun. It's been it's really good. It's had a lot of great. This book, this series has had a lot of great writers and. A lot of good stories told through it. And this one is probably one of my favorites of the series. Nice. Nice. Solid choice. Uh, Taylor, number two, I think you already said. My number two is the last Ronin number four. So, nice. yeah, go ahead and uh, it. move on again. Uh, my uh, final choice, number one, uh, this is a weird one, but when I went back and thought about it, this is the book I had the most fun with this week. X-Men Legends number seven, uh, Larry Hama. Billy Tan, uh, Elizabeth Torque actually did this cover. Uh, Larry Ham again, some work and Marvel. Mean, he's the godfather of G.I. Joe. He co created Bucky O'Hare. He wrote so much Wolverine back in the day. And that's the name I haven't heard in a while. Right. And yeah. this is continuing his run from the late 80s, early 90s, where he is the guy who put Wolverine in Japan. It's him and Jubilee hanging out with Yukio. Uh, he uses her. He uses Jubilee as bait one time against mutant traffickers, which is like classic Wolverine hanging out with young people and putting That's them in like danger. like 90s, classic 90s Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's Wolverine in Japan. I mean, there's fucking ninjas. You know, he's oh, it wouldn't be a Wolverine ninjas. story without ninjas. And he, he, in order to stop the ninjas, he puts his, you know, claws through a, a, a big aquarium. And then, you know, there's sharks and shit chowing down on ninjas. Just, stupid fun from the 90s man and yeah it's just a whole lot of fun dude and larry hamba if you want a story from the night if you want to nothing wrong with that man right so yeah this is a great issue and still got a couple issues with larry hamba and then fabian nichesia or whatever his name is is Mm -hmm. a couple issues so yeah x-men legends has been fun for the old school x fans dude and i'm glad i started picking it up that's my number one, Adam. Uh, my number row. one, man. I thought X Men number three was good. I was all right with it. That's my you number know? one as well. Oh wow! No, yeah, way. you know, you, you like dumbass. You liked X Men Legends because it was big, stupid fun. That's why I like this. It no, had some. I, I mean, it was an honorable mention. I just uh, whatever. Shut up, Gomer. Anyway, it, it, it had, had, good, it had big, on it. stupid counter Earth monsters, which I, love I hate, but they were drawn so, really well. I yeah, I mean. Just, you know, them fighting and, and a the fucking, mutants. like, elephant cyborg, like, Gundam. Yeah, thing. there was a hippopotamus, like, with lasers on his face. It was awesome, dude. It, it's fantastic. And, and, like, the, the fighting, the fighting super dynamic. I mean, just that punch at the very beginning where Rogue punches, uh, what's his name high, in the face? High Evolutionary. High evolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just beautiful. And uh, then like two pages after that, where Sink through Sunfire melts his fucking face off. That's a yeah. beautiful panel too. I also yeah. love the way they like demonstrated like super speed fighting after Sink copied uh, Luminous or whatever her name was, and they yeah. both have Quicksilver speed. Yeah, it's just a big fun book. Yeah, it's and dumb. you know. Yeah. You can argue. You're, you're right. It does need to move its plot along. Things but... are pieces are being put into place. They're, those things are moving forward, albeit slowly. But yes. I am interested to see what happens when humans find out that mutants are cloning each other. Yeah, well, um, that's a like big status quo change. That, that, that was kind of teased, wasn't it? It was yeah. teased. Then yeah. Yurik, you know, he's gonna yeah. he has the story now through this new guy who's gonna show up two issues from now. There's a new villain that's the new villain it looked like ultron oh you know if, if i didn't read the solicits for two issues ahead and know that they were revealing a new villain uh i would have assumed that was ultron with his eye you know oh like yeah side eyeing. Nah, but, he's just some new Fortnite villain or whatever <laughs> no shit but no this yeah, issue was just this issue was a whole lot of fun it was really stupid for Sync to throw the blood towards the High Evolutionary. That was but very knowledge that it was incredibly dumb, like in the issue. And like a cyborg, like you know, like I think he probably oh, made yeah. the right call, but yeah, we're definitely gonna get shit for that. That, that was my favorite part. Cyclops was like, "Oh yeah, we do stupid stuff like that. That's gonna bite us in the butt all the time, but it's all right. We'll deal with it when it happens." This is a fantastic yeah. series. I mean, you saved a, the most lives possible. I also like the thing when like the bystanders come by. It's like, "Thank you, Avengers." 
Yeah, right, right. right. And they're in they're in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. There's a that part you're talking about where Sink throws the blood. Man, they. Yo, yeah, really that moment was actually moment. pretty cool because like it's him yeah. and Laura's relationship, like kind of because they had like she was they like, were all really close in that and, panel. It looked like I mean, it were... was a rather tender way to draw out his blood so that he could throw it at this bad scientist. <laughs> but you know, but that's another part. And again, I'm not. I'm enjoying this book. I really love this book. The writing, the art is all top notch. Again, I think this is probably not just the flagship X-Men book, but on its way to becoming the flagship Marvel book. You know what I mean? But yeah. when are they going to get back to that shit? The sink Laura relationship. Again, there's so much, but it's like, okay, everything's been introduced. Let's, Let's get to it. They're Let's definitely doing it. a slow burn for a lot of these yeah. things, but there it is does, stuff there. They are advancing it, those plots well, slowly, but you're surely. Right. You're it right. does feel like we are one random horde of enemies that they have to fight too many, you know? But yeah. Like, they had the Annihilation Wave last issue, yeah. and then they had the uh, Counter-Earth people this issue. It's like, well, maybe you didn't need the Annihilation Wave, or well, maybe you didn't need the... Uh, counter earth people maybe you could have you know combined it all into one somehow well i don't know the horde after horde does fit with like the narrative structure they're doing right now where all these yeah. people are like gambling to say they can destroy earth but high evolutionary wasn't part of that so i can't really make that argument for this issue but he did come there to talk about that he did he did and yeah. he had this crazy bomb that was going to make all the humans sterile which i was like oh shit <laughs> what where, where does what is he's, and he's like a gift here you go go y'all Go ahead and murder all the mutants. On me. It's on me. But that's the classic high evolutionary, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. Good choice. Uh, Dave, what is what is Dave's number one? Is he My number one it? was Frontiersman. Oh, was it? Yes. And that's great. Yeah, I think we're all done now. Yeah, we are. We're all done. Uh, Wrapping it up early. All right. Uh, I guess. Dave's number one was X-Men. Yeah, we're right on time. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go check out all the stuff we've got going on over at outrightgeekery.com. Uh, it's just a bunch of links to all of our social media, all of our merch, Patreon, if, if you want to do such a thing. Also got links over there to the bullies. And our audio, we're on audio now on all the, like, the Spotify's and the podcatchers. The podcatchers and stuff like that. So, But hey, Davey Roth, if you stuck with us even after <laughs> David was shitting all over you at the beginning of this episode, you know, more power to you, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you hanging out and sticking with us, even though, you know, Dave is, Hate you. hates you. Uh, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening, but most of all, thanks to these three jokers for hanging out with this joker. Oh, hey, actually going to use it more properly this time. Yeah, Yay! right. We're going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Hey, help me to watch Foundation.